0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show where lines are not only discussed but possibly consumed. This is the Catalina Line Mixer Live. From 24 Stories Up, I am your host, Frank Catalina. And my bracket is already busted. We have a lot going on. The World Baseball Classic is going on, which... Nobody cares about March Madness is currently underway. I have nine picks for you at the end of the show, all centered around the tournament. And of course, we got big NFL news because NFL is king. When the hell isn't there big NFL news? Every single day, there's something. That's why it's to go. I'm not going to dive too deep into the NBA, but there was a few things I just wanted to touch on real quick. Obviously, on average, teams have about 20 games or so left in the regular season. So I'm not going to dive too deep into it because there's other big things going on. But just some quick points on the NBA. The Lakers are playing pretty well without LeBron. That's really a shocker. I I'm, I believe he's out for another two weeks or so. But they've been winning. They lost last night because AD sat second night of a back-to-back. But right now, they're currently the 10th seed. The ninth seed is the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie and Luka, so far an epic failure. Kyrie Irving obviously can't do anything in terms of winning without his daddy, LeBron, and Luka. He's now turning into like a Russell Westbrook. Just put up the stats, do everything with this flash and flare, but it's not really translating into winning so far. I mean, they've only played, what, I think nine games together. They're three and six, so... We'll see. KD, real shame that he got hurt and the way he got hurt. What a bummer. The first game he was going to play as a son in Phoenix. Now, I think with KD on the Suns, I think they are going to go to the Western Conference Finals, no doubt about it, with Chris Paul and Booker and all those boys. However, the fact that he got hurt could really derail their season because right now they're the fourth seed at 37-32. By the way, he's expected to miss the the rest of the regular season, could come back right towards the end. So let's just assume that he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. Right now they're the fourth seed at 37-32. The fifth seed is the Clippers, a half game back, not worried about them because now they have Russell Westbrook and every team he, he is on, they lose miserably. The six seed Warriors are a game and a half behind the Suns and then the seven seed Timberwolves at two and a half back. If the Warriors and the Suns line up together as the fourth and fifth seed matchup, that could be some problems for the Suns. Now, obviously, you know, Kevin Durant's one of the best of the world, one of the best offensive scorers in the world by far, but if he joins the Phoenix Suns when the playoffs start and they are locked in in a fourth, fifth seed battle between the Suns and Warriors, that could be a serious problem. We are really banking on these last 20, 25 games since he got traded to really take that time to mesh together and then be ready for the playoffs. So if they don't play until the playoffs and they're matched up with the Warriors, that would be really scary if you're a Suns fan. But... Wow, I don't know. I, I, I'm I really bummed out that he got hurt. I wanted to see him and Booker and Paul really mesh together as the regular season wound down. But I saw that, and I had to mention it. So, yikes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Suns can avoid the Warriors if they play the Clippers. Pfft. Who cares? I mean, Katie could still be heard They'd still win that series. I know Kawhi and Paul George and Westbrook. I'm not worried about them at all. And they're they're a mess. Kawhi Leonard barely plays. I know he's going to play in the playoffs, but I'm I'm over it. I'm over him and that whole team. They're the paper clips, if you ask me. All right, that's enough NBA for right now. Let's briefly go over the key free agent signings slash trades that we've seen in the NFL so far. So, we have seen Jalen Ramsey get traded to the Dolphins. Yeah, he's kind of washed, but I don't know. Maybe he can be like kind of a role player on that defense. That was a big name, though, being moved. So, figured I'd mention it. Marcus Davenport to the Vikings, one year, $13 million contract. That's an excellent signing for the Vikings, especially on one year. That's fantastic for them. Baker Mayfield to the Bucks, one year, $8.5 million. Bucks are obviously tanking and Baker sucks, so not going to dive too much into that. Orlando Brown signing with the Bengals for a four year, $64 million contract, 31 guaranteed. He goes over from the Chiefs to the Bengals. I love, 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 love that signing. Bengals are finally doing something about the offensive line, and of course, at the left tackle position, which is the most important. Big big move for the Bengals. Now let's dive into some specific teams. As I was doing this, I decided to rank between one and 10, how I thought the teams are doing so far. And uh, let's start with the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to give them a three out of 10. They just signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a three-year, $33 million deal, which Could end up being $33 million with incentives, but $16 million guaranteed. Um, Wow. Juju smith schuster is a wide receiver number three. He is not what he was early on in in Pittsburgh. He's Mr. TikTok dancing around all over the place. That shit is not going to fly in Bill Belichick's locker room. I hated how he was talking shit after the Super Bowl. Like, get a fucking grip, bro. You suck. You fucking suck. You Went to the Kansas City Chiefs to try to revitalize your career. You didn't really revitalize anything. You still kind of suck, yet you do have a ring. Congrats. But three, three years, 33 mil, with Mac Jones at your quarterback, I don't like that move at all. I don't know what Bill Belichick's do- doing. Ever since he lost Brady, it's like he came down with dementia. He, the guy has no idea what he's doing anymore uh, well, on the offensive side of the football. Yet, they are... They made the playoffs the first year without Brady and last year they missed the playoffs because of that fluke play against the Raiders where Jacoby Myers threw the ball I don't know, 20, 30 yards back to Mac Jones for some reason. And really that loss was what kept them out of the playoffs. So it's it's bizarre how terrible they've been on, offense, on the offensive side of the ball. And yet they're still like hanging in there in the AFC with Mac Jones. And last year, Mac Jones had Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense. The guy was, like, set up for disaster. I don't know. I can't explain it. I think Bill's still got something. I mean, there's a reason why they, they're still in the playoff hunt. But in terms of offseason moves so far, I give them a 3 out of 10. The Houston Texans, I'm going to give them a 7 out of 10. I like some of the moves that they're doing. Now, compared to Juju Smith, who just signed three-year, $33 million, they just The Texans just signed Noah Brown for one year, 2.6 mil, and Robert Woods, two years, $15.25 million. That's around seven per year. I love these moves. Robert Woods is a solid wide receiver. The Patriots used to be really good at this. They would either take guys who were on the rise but still under the radar or players who have struggled in recent years. They would come to New England. That was obviously with Tom Brady at the time. And they would have pretty good years, and then they'd move on and sign like a mega contract somewhere else or whatever the case is. The Texans are kind of doing that a little bit. Noah Brown had a solid year with the Cowboys. I know because I had him in fantasy. He put up some numbers for me a couple weeks. And Robert Woods, that's a great contract for a guy like Robert Woods. Two years, seven mil per year. A lot better than Juju, who's getting, what, $11 million a year? So So far, I like what the Texans are doing. And they'll be aiming for a quarterback in the draft. So give that rookie quarterback some weapons. Love what they're doing so far. Cowboys, I give them 5 out of 10. Really, it's because they haven't done much. I think it's because of their contracts. But they they tagged Pollard, as everyone knows. They cut Zeke yesterday. So he's finally gone. He was a complete waste anyways. Um, But the reason why I even brought them up is because they traded for Stephon Gilmore. They traded a fifth-round comp pick. And I love the move. Gilmore is a veteran who has had a lot of success in this league. And then you have him playing alongside Diggs, who is a really big risk taker. Gilmore is going to teach Diggs a lot in terms of how to play the cornerback position at an elite level. I really like that move, but I'm only giving him a 5 out of 10 because they really haven't done anything else. The New York Giants. Oh, my God. You know that I was following the the day of the the franchise tag deadline. I was tracking my phone. It was four o'clock was the deadline, and all day nothing. I, I was hearing fifty-fifty chance that they'll get a deal done with with Jones, and at three fucking fifty-three, seven minutes before the deadline, the news struck on Twitter that Daniel Jones signed a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar contract. Uh, it makes me sick to my stomach. I fucking hate this. I, I do not, I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones. 15 passing touchdowns, he does not deserve. Four years, $160 million. What would be an alternative? I don't know, maybe give Derek Carr a call, who signed for four-year 150 and is a much better quarterback. I'm not going to get into that whole shit because I've done it before. I'm not doing it again. I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones. Not a fan of this deal. The only silver lining in this contract is the fact that it's essentially a two-year deal. They're paying him half the money in the first two years. And then I guess if they want to cut them after two years, they can do so without taking a big hit on the cap. But but my eyes are set on Caleb Williams and Drake May coming out of college next year. Those are A plus plus prospects. You know, when Joe Shane declined Jones's fifth-year option, I loved it. I was like, good, get him out of here. We don't fucking need him. But now looking back on it, yeah, I kind of wish they did because that fifth year, they would they would give Daniel Jones another opportunity to go out there, try to prove, try to, try to have the same success that he had last year, which I don't think he will, and then they would have just fucking cut his ass and then drafted one of these quarterbacks. Ugh, everything was just perfect, but... Unfortunately, Daniel Jones is stuck with the Giants on paper for the next four years. We'll we'll see. I mean, but the reason why I'm giving him a 5 out of 10 is because I love the trade for Darren Waller. Wow. Trade a third-round pick for him. I love those moves that you don't really hear a lot of buzz about. It's really under the radar. The Giants notoriously never pull off these trades. It's always like other teams. I'm like... Like, you know, I, I can't think of a, a trade in the past off the top of my head, but there's always, like, these trades where it's like a, a team gets a pretty good player for, like, a fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick, and I'm like, how, how the fuck? Like, why aren't the Giants making these calls? Credit to Joe Shane and his team. They made the call, third-round pick to the Raiders. I know he's been injury-ridden in the past two years, but he's a monster, and he's definitely the best tight end available, apparently. I, I don't think there's anyone better in the draft so I felt the Giants got a steal for their third-round pick. Love the Darren Waller trade. Great job by Joe Shane on that aspect, not the Daniel Jones. That's why I give them a 5 out of 10. How about the San Francisco 49ers? Now, the Niners are obviously the best team on paper, one of the best teams on paper. They have some serious quarterback issues going on with Brock Purdy getting surgery. We don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Then you have Trey Lance. We don't even know if he can, if he can play um, they weren't gonna re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo; that was out of the out of the question. So, what are they gonna do? But then they go out and sign Sam Darnold to a one-year, four-point-five million-dollar contract, and with incentives, can go up to eleven-point-five mil. I love this, Sam Darnold. I feel he got a really raw deal going, getting drafted by the Jets with Adam Gase, a fucking psycho like creep who I don't even think he's in the I don't even think he's in the league anymore. Then he goes to Carolina, which was a shit show to begin with, with Matt Rule on his way out, Baker Mayfield coming in. When he played towards the end of the year with Carolina, he actually played pretty well. So I think this is beautiful for Sam Darnold. He's going to be entering that Kyle Shanahan offense. He is a much better quarterback than Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, or at least has the potential to I think he's gonna thrive in San Francisco. I love that signing by the Niners. They also went out and got Javon Hargrave, four year $84 million contract, 40 mil guaranteed. They're just they're just loading up, man. 49ers, I'm giving them an eight out of ten. Then we have the Raiders. I'm giving them a two out of ten. Jimmy Garoppolo, listen, I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that as bad as people think. But to cut Derek Carr, diehard Raider, there for nine years, through all the turmoil, always came in, ready to go, get better, get his teammates better, try and win. They cut him and they signed Jimmy G. Like, what the fuck is McDaniels doing? Dude, you're not in New England anymore. Try to, like, I don't know, try to have success with different players. Then they go out and sign Jacoby Myers, which I actually liked. Jacoby Myers, three years, $33 million. The exact same contract than Juju Smith Schuster. I don't want to say exact because with incentives and all that, but essentially the same deal. Three years, $33 million. That's a much better signing for the Raiders than it was for the Patriots. But I'm like, quarterback is the primary position. And in my opinion, I think they downgraded with Jimmy G instead of Derek Carr. So I'm not really sure what to expect out of the Raiders. And on top of that, they traded. Waller to the Giants for a third-round pick. I'll take him. Obviously, there is some turmoil going on. This reminds me of when Dave Gettleman first took over the New York Giants. He had players like Odell Beckham Jr., Landon Collins, Snacks Harrison, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, and he came in. The team wasn't bad overall. We just needed to get better at the quarterback position. And then he goes out and basically clears the house out. He gets rid of. He lets Landon Collins signs with the. Redskin's at the time he trades Odell Beckham after giving him the contract. No one else the other guys I mentioned didn't return to the team and I'm getting that sense with the Raiders. It's like they're the team itself has players. They they obviously there's obviously something going on on the coaching side of it. They can't really win these ga- the close games. They're blowing leads. He's the problem and yet his way of fixing it is by getting rid of Loyal soldiers who have been there for years and years, like Derek Carr, and now bringing in his own guys, like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jacoby Myers. Like, the last thing that the Raiders need are wide receivers. Oh, but but then you're going to trade your star tight end Waller away because of, I don't know, there's obviously some type of disconnect going on between Waller and McDaniels, but the bottom line is he's basically like getting rid of all these guys that either aren't his guys or guys that he's not getting along with and bringing in his old posse. That Your old posse, the, the key of all of your success in New England was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I think you're a great offensive mind, but bro, you're not going to get to success by bringing in Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers and getting rid of Carr and Waller. So I I don't know what they're doing. I'm giving them a 2 out of 10. I really feel bad for all Raider fans out there. Wow. How about the Chicago Bears? Ryan Poles is my new favorite general manager. This guy is a machine. If you remember... Last year at the trade deadline, he traded for he traded for Chase Claypool, which I thought was a great trade. They traded away Roquan Smith to the Ravens, which I actually agreed with because the Bears sucked and they didn't need to funnel like $45 million directed towards a linebacker. So I actually liked the move at the time and here we go a couple days ago. Bears had the number one overall pick for 2023. They traded it to desperate and pathetic Carolina. For Carolinas, they received the ninth overall pick for this year, the 61st overall pick for this year, Carolina's 2024 first-round pick, and Carolina's 2025 second-round pick. Oh, and also DJ Moore In a year where the draft class does not have a lot of high-profile wide receivers, wow, what a heist. Ryan Poles, my fucking guy. That's the way you should be a GM. Be aggressive. And what I love about this deal is that they received Carolina's 2024 first-round pick. So if Carolina sucks, which they most likely will— And if Justin Fields doesn't pan out the way that they expect to, they will have two first-round picks for next year, their own and Carolina's, to try to make some moves and get the top-flight quarterback prospects of next year, which is Caleb Williams and Drake May. Absolutely love the direction that the Bears are going in. Oh, and by the way, they just signed Tremaine Edmonds to a four-year, $72 million contract to replace Roquan Smith. I think I, I ten out of ten for the Bears. I am obsessed with Ryan Poles. That is my fucking guy right there. Not only planning for this upcoming year, but planning for years ahead as well. The Carolina Panthers just traded DJ Moore, and they're going to draft a quarterback. They don't even know who they're going to draft yet. It's either going to be—I heard it's going to either going to be CJ Stroud or or Anthony Richardson, who is a freak athlete but is really raw. So if they draft Richardson. Or even if they draft Stroud, they don't have they, they lost their top target, and they're probably gonna suck. So great job by the Bears getting those future picks along with dropping down in the in the draft. Excellent job. And getting DJ Moore. Wow. So now now Fields has some serious weapons. He has DJ Moore, he has Claypool, he has a tight end comet. No more excuses for Justin Fields. That's for damn sure. And since we're on the topic of the Carolina Panthers, two out of ten. What a fucking mess! I can't believe that they traded so much without even knowing who they're actually going to target. So the deal went down, and then a day or two later, I read a report that they they weren't sure. It's either down to it's either down to Richardson or CJ Stroud. You only make. A trade like that if you are 1000% sure who you are going to sign. I feel really, really bad for Frank Wright because I think he's a great head coach. And if they actually, if they showed any interest in Carr, that team would win a division next year. But personally, I think Frank Wright does not have a voice in that front office at all. I think he's just there. I think he's just there as a yes man because he failed with the Colts, but it's like the same type of environment. I, I don't, I don't know exactly who the Jim Ursay is in the Carolina Panthers environment. I don't know if it's coming. I don't know if these orders are coming from their owner or from their GM, but I don't think Frank Wright would have okayed this trade if he was, let's say, the general manager or if he had a lot of say. If he did, that's extremely surprising. I'm sure he would have rather worked with a vet like a Derek Carr than a raw, raw rookie in Richardson or C.J. Stroud, which I have nothing against C.J. Stroud. I think he could potentially be a really good quarterback. But now you're getting getting rid of his, of his weapons. D.J. Moore, you can't, you're, you're fucking him is really what it comes down to. So, tough situation going on in Carolina. I'm giving the Panthers a 2 out of 10. They did go out and sign Miles Sanders, four-year, $25 million. I think it's a little heavy, but Miles Sanders is a good running back. So, I guess he'll just go down with the ship and suck away in Carolina Blue. And, of course, my team, my new team, the Saints, 9 out of 10. Look out, baby. Derek Carr, four-year, 150 mil, 60 mil, guaranteed. I'm extremely jealous. Love the move. Love their targets. Love their defense. Not the biggest fan of Dennis Allen. I think Derek Carr would have been a lot better in Carolina with Frank Wright. But I don't even know if Carolina had any interest in in Derek Carr. So he goes to, to New Orleans. That division is a train wreck. So they will easily win a division. And they also went out and signed Jamal Williams from Detroit for three years, 12 million. Three years 12 million. Jamal Williams is an excellent running back. Someone needs to get Jamal Williams a new agent. Holy shit. He should have gotten Miles Sanders numbers, but what a steal for the Saints. Nine out of 10. Things are looking up in Who That Nation. Now, of course. Now on to the big big news with the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Oh man, let me tell you something right now. Aaron Rodgers, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's a talented quarterback, really talented, and he will probably be the probably be the most talented quarterback in Jets franchise history whenever he agrees to move forward with the deal. I don't know. Now, at this point, I don't know if the holdup is with Rodgers or if it's with the Packers and Jets trying to work out a trade, which a couple days ago they said they already had the deal in motion, but Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said that he's expecting to play with the Jets. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that You get what you wish for. The Jets now have to deal with this Aaron Rodgers drama every single day. It's something new. The other day, it's his wish list of guys that he wants to be around. Odell Beckham Jr., Alan Lazard, who they just signed to a four-year, $44 million contract. Randall Cobb. I mean, dude, like, God damn, all of this for Aaron Rodgers to go to the New York Jets not put any off-season workouts with those young receivers and weapons that they have, and they aren't going to do shit. I'm telling you right now. They're not going to do a damn thing. If they are lucky enough to make the playoffs, then they will be bouncing the first round. Everyone says, yeah, but last year with the quarterback situation, they, you know, we, we were a game or two away from the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Listen, year in, year out, every team is completely different. And I don't have to list in front of me, but if you go back to last year and see all the quarterbacks that they beat, they were like jokes. Listen, I think the Jets have a really good core team. But they're, they're like a guy who has twenty bucks in his pocket, and he's going to try to turn that twenty bucks into two hundred fifty million dollars by going down to the bodega and buying a scratch off. The Jets should be looking to invest in a new young quarterback, maybe a maybe a quarterback in the draft. Who knows? But this is all I know is that this is not the right decision. But of course, Rob Solid now entering his third year as head coach. Joe Douglas entering his fifth year as the Jets GM. They're desperate. They don't care about the longevity plans of the Jets unless they'll be there, and they won't be there unless they fucking win right now. So if I was a Jets fan, I mean, I've told, I, I know a lot of Jets fans. They're all excited because you know Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, the like I said, the they'll be he'll be the most he'll be the most talented quarterback the Jets have ever had in their franchise's history, but. If you really take a step back and think of this, it's not the right move moving forward. They are going all in this year and if Aaron Rodgers decides to play next year. And when he retires and if they don't win, which they won't, what are they going to fucking do then? They won't have a really good draft pick because Rodgers is definitely going to win some games. They're going to miss out on all the top quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft in Williams in May. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. It's a it's a problem. the The only upside I see the only upside I see for Jet fans is at least it's going to be an exciting year because Aaron Rodgers is going to have those oh and ah moments. And listen, I'm pretty hard on Rodgers, and by saying I don't think they're going to do shit, but if you really think about it on paper, they they definitely have the potential to do something. I just don't think they will. So I guess with the the ooh and ah plays by Aaron Rodgers, and then also on top of that the the fairy tale of possibly going far in the playoffs and maybe to a super bowl i guess that's what you have to live off live off of, as of right now but i'm telling you right now like i don't see it and i think the jets are going to be headed nowhere really fast it's really a shame too because last year they knocked the draft out of the park they have all these young stud guys. They have a great defense. They have offensive weapons. They're really just missing that quarterback. I would have actually, if I were a Jeff fan, I would have been just as happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. At least he's he's actually younger than Derek Carr. And he would have got him on a cheap deal. Derek or Jimmy Garoppolo can win you some games. But you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's that sexy name. He's 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 Aaron Rodgers. Who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers? Watch, man. I'm telling you, this guy is a fucking headache. We're going to hear about this guy every single fucking day. And it's going to get real old, real quick. And it already is old. I already can take it. But I guess the Jets are really that desperate. The other thing I wanted to touch on was Lamar Jackson. Is there really collusion? You know, at first... When he was tagged and then like five teams came out and said, we're not interested. I, was, I thought that was odd, but I did not agree with all the collusion conspiracies going on. But I don't know, man. Maybe, ugh, maybe there is. I, I think there's there's two things with Lamar Jackson. Number one is his durability, which has been an issue over the past couple of years. Also, on top of that, you can tell that the durability is is. Becoming a factor in how he plays because he, his QB rating has dropped over the past three or since his MVP season, which was what three years ago, his QB rating has dropped since then. On top, and the second thing is his mother is his agent, and that's a problem. You need a professional agent to go in to these meetings with these teams and negotiate on a professional level. Your mother can't be your agent. It that's it's it's not working out. I don't know exactly if he wants the Deshaun Watson contract or not. I, like I don't know if that's a deal breaker for him. He the word out of his camp is saying that he is not asking for Deshaun Watson money. The other day he tweeted out, I think it was like 130 mil guaranteed. Listen, the Browns and the Deshaun Watson signing, that was an outlier. And the entire uh, all the owners are, were f- Disgusted with that signing because that now sets the bar for a guy who didn't play for like a year and a half and had all these legal issues going on. And it's really screwing up the quarterback signing process for guys like Lamar Jackson. Now again, I don't know exactly what the Ravens offered and it is surprising that like four or five teams who need quarterbacks came out like an hour after the the franchise tag deadline and said we're not in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. I thought that was really odd. But for collusion, I don't really I don't know. I don't think there is I I just I think the I think the big thing are the two things that I mentioned is durability and the fact that his mother is an agent, is his agent, I think those are the things keeping teams away. Now, is it odd that they immediately announced that they weren't interested in Lamar Jackson an hour after the franchise tag deadline? Yeah, that is a little weird. I would at least make a phone call if I were like the commanders or the Colts and say, hey, what's going on? Like, what are you interested in? But. I think word has spread around amongst the owners of what range Lamar Jackson is expecting to get. And I don't think they're going to do that to a quarterback who hasn't been staying healthy and puts himself in harm's way week in and week out by running the football. So I think those are really the reasons why teams haven't reached out to Lamar Jackson, or at least there aren't rumors of Lamar Jackson going anywhere else. I don't think it's collusion. But it definitely is a little fishy that teams completely ruled themselves out and they're not even giving Lamar Jackson a phone call. So that's a quick recap of all the NFL drama that's going on. Aaron Rodgers, the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Bears trading. Wow, 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 wow. It's really all exciting. That's why NFL is king The 15th was the first day of the 2023 NFL season, and I'm so excited for the rest of free agency to play out. It's going to be a lot of fun following all these moves that these teams are making, and obviously, of course, leading up to the start of the season in September. All right, NCAA bracket time. Um, Yeah, I said earlier my bracket is already busted. It's not busted, but... As of right now, four games are in the books, and I lost three of them. The only one I, I won was Kansas, which is a number one seed. Duh, they're going to obviously win. But some notables I just wanted to mention, uh, I know everyone's brackets are already locked up, but just wanted to share what I had. In the South region, I don't have really any upsets. The only two upsets I had were Utah State and West Virginia, which they both lost. Um, but... In terms of major upset, I don't have anything really. I have Alabama coming out of the South region. I think they are really good. Brandon Miller is really, really fucking good. Probably has earned himself the number two overall pick next year's draft. In the East region, now before I get into the East region, I know you guys who listen to me, you guys know I love the Giants, the Yankees, the Islanders, and the Knicks, but I do have a fifth team in the mix, and that is my Duke Blue Devils, baby. They are in the East region, and of course I have them advancing out of the East. Come on. When all their players are healthy, they have only lost one game this year, and they are on fire. They won the ACC tournament with ease. However, with that being said, all the experts out there on TV, I've been seeing either Dukes in the Final Four or, or they're going to get upset in the first round to Oral Roberts. I am so nervous for this game against Oral Roberts, the 12th seed. They are really good, and ugh, the ACC isn't as powerful as it has been, but I'm just I'm sticking with my Dukies. I hope they pull it out, and... After that, they really have one of the weakest brackets in terms of the number one, number two, and number three seed. So if they can get past Oral Roberts, I'll feel a lot better about them coming out of the East. So I have them coming out of the East. Um, Some upsets I have, I have Florida Atlantic, the ninth seed, not only beating the eighth seed, but I also have them beating Purdue in the second round. So that's a big game for me. And then I also have... The 14th seeded Montana State team advancing to the Sweet 16. So the East is, I have that's all over the place for me. The fifth seed winning it, ninth seed and the 14th seed going to the Sweet 16. In the Midwest region, I have first seeded Houston advancing to the Final Four. The only big splash I have on my bracket was that the 12th seed Drake was going to advance is going to advance to the Sweet 16. I had to get one twelve over five team. It always happens every year. And in the West region, I have Yukon advancing to the Final Four. Obviously, this is all potentially because the game seemed to be played out. But if we see a Kansas versus Yukon Sweet 16, that is a game that I am I'll be really excited for. Those are really two really good teams. Obviously, Kansas is battle-tested. They won last year. And they're really good this year as well. So that would be a really great matchup, but of course, they both have to get there. Kansas, as I mentioned earlier, won their first game. Yukon has to win their next two for us to see that matchup. And I also have Arizona State over TCU, which it's an 11 seed over a six seed. And my biggest upset in the West region is Arizona State, which is the 11 seed over six seeded TCU. Okay, no one cares because everyone's bracket is already done. So let's get to my bets for today. I have actually for today and tomorrow I have nine bets total. Starting with the, I'm gonna go by the starting with of course my Dukies, at six point favorites against Oral Roberts. Fuck Oral Roberts. Duke is on fire. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Duke is going to win and cover the six points. By the way, Duke 3500 to win it all? I mean, that's not the craziest thing. I might throw, I don't know, 10 20 bucks on that. See what happens. Also tonight, 745 I have Boise State either plus 1.5 or plus 105 money line against the seven-seeded Northwestern team. I really like Boise State in this game. Not crazy about Northwestern. I watched a few of their games earlier this year. They're eh. And for a plus 105, I I would take that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather take the plus 105 than just taking the point and a half. But do as you please. And then tonight at 940, the 13th-seeded Louisiana Lafayette, plus 11 against the 4th-seeded Tennessee Volunteers. I really like the plus 11. I have Tennessee advancing, but 11 points is a lot. This is a really good Louisiana Lafayette team. I really, really, really like the spread for Louisiana. Friday's games. I, I saw a lot more bets that I liked for tomorrow's games than today's. Starting with the first game of the day at 12 15, 10 seed to USC. Again, seven seed to Michigan State. I really like USC. They have a very similar odds to the game I just mentioned with Boise State. They're plus one and a half or plus 110. I like the money line on USC. At 2 o'clock, fifth-seeded St. Mary's is four-point favorites against 12th-seeded VCU. I really, really like St. Mary's. I actually have them going to the Sweet 16 in my bracket. So four points. I'll eat the four points, and I'll take St. Mary's any day. At 245, we have... Two seeded Marquette versus 15 seeded Vermont. Marquette is only ten and a half point favorites. Now I really don't like double digit favorites. I don't like betting them, but Marquette is really good, and a lot of people have them going into the to the Final Four. I feel like this is one of those games where it, it's like the Kansas game. It, you blink and look up, and before you know it, it's like ninety to fifty. So I think Marquette is gonna steamroll Vermont. I really like the ten and a half. I'll take it. Then some night games at nine twenty. These are all Eastern times, by the way. And also, all these spreads and odds that I'm sharing are all through DraftKings. The ninth-seeded Florida Atlantic team plus two or plus one fifteen money line versus number eight Memphis. I mentioned earlier, I have Florida Atlantic going to the Sweet Sixteen, knocking out Purdue, who's the number one seed. So yeah. I'm taking plus two. Fuck it. I'm actually going to take the money line, plus 115. At 940, 14-seeded Montana State, plus 8.5, plus 320 money line against Kansas State. Kansas State has had some issues down the stretch. Not even a big fan of the Big 12 conference as a whole other than Kansas. They're, they're They're better this year than they were in years past, but still not crazy about them. I have Montana State going to the Sweet 16. I don't know if I'm going to throw money on the plus 320. That'd be a little ballsy. If I do, I might throw a little bit on it, but I really do like the 8.5. If you're feeling frisky, throw it, throw it on the money line. I'm telling you. Feeling really good about Montana State. And then my last bet at 10.05 is the 11 seed Arizona State plus 6 against... Six-seeded TCU. I really, really, really liked Arizona State. To Pac-12 team, I really like Arizona State. The odds are actually shifting towards TCU. They opened up at five-point favorites. Now they're six-point favorites. But I see upset written all over it. I'm taking Arizona State plus six. There you go. So I have nine bets in total. I will post them on my page as well as on my Twitter account. So feel free to dabble on some of my winnings. I mean, listen, if you want to win money, then here you go. It's I'm giving you free money. Go out there and fucking take advantage of it. So I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. I love this time of year. Today and tomorrow are one of the, my favorite days in all sports. So I'm really excited. Bet safe. Be safe. I'm out. Peace.